thank you for the news that we've heard around the table today, good news and some sad news. And Father, we just ask that you would be with each and every one that is involved. Father, we again thank you for the search committee that has uh, diligently worked so hard to bring us a pastor. Father, we just uh, look forward to the, uh, uh, the time that we will share and uh, get to know him. And Father, we just thank you for their dedication to that process. Father, we ask now that you would uh, lead Bill and guide and direct us in the further exercises of this day in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Exodus 19. Last week we talked about it. It's a, a, a change. This is a marked change in what uh, the Lord is doing with the Israelites. We have said before that prior to, prior to this time, it has been all about the land. He promised the land to Abraham. He promised it to Isaac and to Jacob. And he told Moses, he said, Moses, go get the people out of Egypt and bring them to this land that I have swore to give to your your forefathers and that's a, that's as far as God had taken it at that point he says it's it's this land and it's your land it's their land today <laughs> that's part of part of our international problem in the Middle East because that's their land um, I've told you this before when George Schultz was secretary of State, he says it's uh, uh, gold of my ear was uh, was um, in Israel at the time as prime minister, and he says it's hard to negotiate with somebody when it says this is ours because God gave it to us, and so it's about the land. Now in Exodus 19, we're turning a page, and then from now on, it. It so impacts the nation of Israel, as I said last week, to this very day. Because here God says, I am going to take you as a very special treasure unto myself. You will be my people, my people, my people. And, and it's been that way. It's been that way. And they're still God's people and still God's still got to deal with them. Uh, he whipped them big time, you know, as we went through Isaiah and we went through Daniel and we went through these where because of their disobedience, God says, I've had enough. He used a foreign, uh, ungodly power of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar to take them into captivity. And they were in the captivity and never been a nation again uh, from that time. But the time is coming. And that's a future lesson down the road. The time is coming when God will deal with Israel. Somebody says, if you want to know about end times, watch Israel, because that's God's alarm clock, and it could very well be. But where we're talking about today is the big change where God says, you're going to be my people. So let's read a little scripture here in chapter 19. Uh, Moses, verse 3. Mo Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought to you to myself. And verse 5 and verse 6, you need to, you need to mark it or understand where it is. And he says, Now, if you will indeed obey my voice uh, 
and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. My own possession, that little word there, you may have it translated in your scripture, special treasure, a special treasure. Verse 7, So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before him all the words which the Lord had commanded him. Verse 8, And this is the seal. God says, If you'll obey me, do what I tell you, obey my commandments, you'll be a special treasure unto me. Verse 8, the people came back and says, All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses brought back words, um, back the words of the people to the Lord. So that sealed it. That they, they said, we, will, we want him as our, as our God, as our Father, and we will do what he said he will do. Now, all God has ever asked of his people then and all he asks of us today is to obey him. Obey him and keep his commandments. It's that simple. They didn't do it and we're not doing it. It's, it's that simple again. And there's reasons, you know, and, and we'll get into this in a little bit. Part of, the, part of the thing about Israel, he was leading them by the hand. He was, uh, he was telling them what to eat and how to eat it and who to marry and how to bury their dead and all this kind of stuff. And, and he, says, he says this is important to, to be straight. So obey, obey. You know, I keep coming back to our earthly children. You know, all we wanted our earthly children to, would, to do was obey us. It was for their own good, just to obey. So, in, in verse 9, we, we, we're continuing on. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud, so that the people may hear when I speak with you and also believe in you forever. Because what had happened on the way? <laughs> you remember the no whining? You know, they grumbled and grumbled and they said, we don't, they didn't have any faith in Moses. And yet God says, if you'll bring them to the mountain, I'm going to display myself to them and they'll believe in you forever. And, and they did after the fact, you know. In fact, the business... God buried Moses. We don't know where God buried him. And some commentators have said the reason God buried him that if we knew where Moses was buried today, it would be one of the biggest shrines in the world. But we don't know. God did it. And, and what he does is always perfect. There, that's another lesson in another day. Verse 10. The Lord spoke to Moses. Go to the people and consecrate them today. 
tomorrow. Let them wash their garments and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai in sight of all the people. Consecrate them today. And he told them, wash your clothes. Get clean. In scripture several times, the washing and changing of clothes has been significant with a new turning. A new leaf, so to speak, as we would say. We're turning a new leaf. Well, uh, and there's a couple of them. When, when David... When David' um, child was born, his first child was Bathsheba. When when the child died, you remember he was um, he had been uh, mourning, and then when the child died, he got up. And what did he do? He washed himself, he changed his clothes, and he anointed himself, and he went to worship. He went to worship, and the people around him said, "Why? Why are you doing this now?" He says, I can't, uh, I can't bring the boy back, but I can go to him. And that's one of the, our, my favorite uh, uh, scriptures about heaven, that we will see our loved ones one day. Uh, but that was a changing point in, in David's life. When Joseph was in prison, and after the Pharaoh called him out of prison to to look at his, uh, his dream, the first thing Joseph did, he shaved and changed clothes. He washed and changed clothes. So it was a new beginning for Joseph. So this particular case, it's a new beginning uh, for, for, um, for the children of Israel. Now, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here now, but I do that pretty frequently. Y'all know that. <laughs> uh, when I was a boy, we had play clothes. I had school clothes, and I had Sunday clothes. And you've all heard the story about, you know, we didn't take a bath till Saturday night, but we took one on Saturday night because the next day was Sunday. There's something about coming to the Lord with the best you've got. It could be starched overalls. I don't care. But you, you, you come as a new day, a new week, a new beginning with the best you've got. Now, we've gone a long way from that, and that's okay. I understand. I understand the social part of the, the day. But if we can apply what happened to, to the Israelites early on, I, th I think that's one reason our, our uh, parents and our grandparents uh, considered a lot. We've talked about that before. It was the Lord's Day. Now it's the weekend, but that's part of the show. Okay, back to, back to verse 10. So... Uh, go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments. And let them be ready for the third day. On the third day, the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set bounds 
for the people all around, saying, Beware, do not go up on the mountain or touch even the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, thou shalt come up to the mountain. So the people went down, excuse me, so Moses went down from the mountain to the people, consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. God says, I'm going to come down. But he says, put boundaries around the mountain. And furthermore, post guards. <laughs> post guards. If anybody even gets close, shoot them. <laughs> That's the essence here in verse, in verse 13. Uh, be stoned or shot through. And that particular case is with an archer's arrow. But, but where I am is holy. Holy. One of my favorite hymns is Holy, Holy, Holy. And if you listen to it and, and meditate on what the hymn says, I, it brings me to tears. It really does. The holiness of God. Sometimes we, we're so much want to, um, want to make God touchy-feely. And yet he is almighty, all omnipotent, omnipresent God. He is the God of the universe. And we're not even close. Not even close. As Isaiah said, and we have keep coming back and say it, I am God and there is no other. But God said, put a boundary about it. Now we'll see a little, little humor here uh, in just a minute. So Moses went down from the mountain. The people consecrated themselves and washed their garments. And he also told them, he says, uh, don't have any relations with your wife. He says, don't, don't go near a woman, as he said in verse 15. So verse 16, it came about on the third day when it was morning. There was thunder and lightning flashes, thick clouds upon the mountain, and a very loud trumpet, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Some of the biggest men I've known get to be little bitty kids when the sky gets black and the wind starts rolling. You can't stop it, what God, what God does. Any of you been in a tornado? Been close to a tornado? Yeah, I have. It's, it's uh, terrifying. Uh, I've been through a dozen hurricanes, and you have too, and that's interesting show. The difference between a hurricane and a tornado is that you have a little warning, <laughs> and you can at least get ready. Uh, but when it comes through, all you can do is listen to the weather and say, yeah, we got that, or no, we don't have it yet. So anyway, God was there in the thundering and the lightning flashes and the thick cloud, and the camp trembled. He was God. Verse 17, 
And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And yet, nobody's ever seen God. Moses wanted to see him. And we've talked about that a little bit. That, that Mo, Moses, uh, the Lord told Moses, uh, there's a place here in the mountain that's got a, we, the cleft of the rock. And he, she said, you, you get in that cleft and I'll cover you with my hand and you can see my backside. And when he came down from, down from the mountain, the very Shekinah glory of God shone around about him that he had to put a veil on his face because the other people couldn't look at him. He's amazing. And yet in Genesis, he says... He made us in his image. We are God's representation to the world, to humanity. Okay, verse 18. Now Mount Sinai was all up in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked violently. Uh, science would tell us that was an earthquake. And that might have been what it was. But scripture said God was in the smoke. God was in the fire. And God <clears throat> was in the quake. It was God. Verse 19. The sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. And Moses spoke. And God answered him with thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. And when the Lord spoke to Moses, Go down and warn the people that they do not break through to the Lord's gaze. And many of them perish. Also let the priest who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves or else the Lord will break out against them verse 23 this is the humor I was talking about Moses said to the Lord the people can't come up to Mount Sinai because you warned us set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it priest back in verse verse uh, Six, he said, you shall be a kingdom of priests. It was God's intent for Israel uh, to be holy and set apart uh, and that every area of the Israelis' life was different from the people that they lived in and he wanted them to be, to make a difference. That's why he says, this is holy, this is unholy. This is clean, this is not clean. It's to set apart the nation from all the other nations of the world at that time. And when Moses got brought back the news that the Lord, that the people said that they would be obedient and they would do that, 
God knew it wasn't going to happen. But he, he took them for what they were. We talked about Joshua when he was taking them into the promise, into the promised land. And they were in there and defeating them. And Joshua went back to the people and says, don't worship foreign idols. Don't do these things that God has told you not to do. And they said, oh, we won't. And he says, okay, <laughs> you've said it against yourself. I've been guilty of that too. Fast forward that to the New Testament. <clears throat> Turn to First Peter. You can almost go to Revelation and come back to the left. But First uh, Peter 2. It's Revelation and you've got Jude and First and Second John and then you've got Peter. First Peter 2. You with me? First Peter 2. Look at verse 5. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable of God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellences of him who's called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but are now are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Just like God wanted the Israelites to be a special people unto him, and he wanted to let the nation see, this is how I want you to be. Christ and Peter has said, use some of the same words that, that Moses used in Exodus 19. He says, I want you to be a living advertisement for, for Christ, for God's power and what he does. How are we doing? As a living advertisement of God's grace. We get some of it right, but we get a whole lot wrong. We do. We do, Pat. I, <laughs> we've talked about this before, kind of jokingly, you know. Uh, honk if you love Jesus, and then when they honk, we get mad at them. being a living sacrifice remember who you are that was one of the things that we always let the boys when they were leaving home for a date or going out or doing whatever else our last parting comment most of the times was remember whose you are remember whose you are all God wants us to do is be obedient all he wants us to do is love him and it's, it's kind of simple when you get down to it. He wants, to, he, he wants us to love Him. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to, 
to, to audibly talk to him and hear from him. Just like we want to hear from those we love. We want to see what God's got for us by staying in his book. If you go there every morning and read a few chapters, and we've been encouraging to read through the Bible every year, it's amazing. But the central theme of the whole thing is obey me, obey me. These didn't obey me. And the consequence is there. Just obey me. And we're fixing to see that get a little bit deeper in just a minute. Okay. So back to chapter 19. He said, set bounds. And he did. Verse 24. And the Lord said to him, go down and come up again, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priest... Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say about the priest. The priesthood had not been instituted at this point. But evidently there had been some priest assigned, so to speak. But the priesthood, we're going to see as we go through Exodus where it was established and in, in big old time. But evidently at this point in time, there was some priest that Moses had appointed or or they had uh, come through the elders of the people. So he says, don't let the priest break through, or he will break forth among him. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Okay, that takes us to Exodus 20. And you need to know what Exodus 20 is. When your grandchild comes to see you, says, where are the Ten Commandments found? You need to say Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5. We talked about that last week. The second giving of the law is Deuteronomy. So after the people wandered for 40 years, he told them all over again what had happened. And it's all recorded in the book of Deuteronomy. But this is the first time he gave it, Exodus 20. Now, um, Turn, if you will, to Exodus 34. I think I'm right in Exodus 34. Um, <clears throat> look at verse 28. Everybody with me? Verse 28, so he, so he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat bread or drink water. He wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. That's the first time that phrase has been used. We, we automatically, and our editors of our Bible put in there the Ten Commandments but the first time it's in Scripture is right there the Ten Commandments okay there probably in not only in Jewish history but in the history of mankind 
there is perhaps not another document that gives the order of normal people living. Now, when you were down in Egypt, you did what the Egyptians told you to do. When you were in the way to go across, to go back to the land of Canaan, you were following Moses' direction. The Lord fed you, gave you to drink. He moved by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night, and he says, this is where you're going to go. But they're quickly going to have some freedom. And what happens with freedom? When you have freedom, you have some responsibilities. When freedom comes, you have responsibilities. So God knew that. And he says, there's some order to this. And as we've said before, uh, the Ten Commandments, which we have all balled up into call it the law. The law. And it's very much a predecessor to the very law that we have today. Uh, far as... Um, the way things are done. We talked about that when Jethro was, uh, was came and says you need to appoint people uh, under tens and fifties and so forth. And it's kind of like our courts are done today. So in Exodus chapter 20, he starts off and he spokes, he speaks this. Then God spoke these words saying, I am the Lord your God. He said he wanted to be. They said, yes, we'll accept that. He says, okay, I'm the Lord your God. And in case you forgot, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Uh, and that's what this group right then knew, you know, uh, you deal with what you've got right now. This was this two million people that Moses brought out of Egypt. And right now, that was a big thing. You were in bondage. I brought you out of Egypt. And I am your God. I am your God. Okay. Verses 3 through 17 are the Ten Commandments and you can underline them or note them any way you want to. But number one, well let me say this. You, when I was in Gaffney and working at Sanders Brothers, there was a guy in one of his offices there and he had a sign in his, he said, they're not suggestions. <laughs> They're not ten suggestions. They're not ten opinions. There's not ten stipulations. They're ten commandments. If you do this, great. There's some negatives. Let me say this. Every one of the ten commandments is repeated in the New Testament. Save one. Which one? The Sabbath. The Sabbath is not repeated in the New Testament, but every other one of the nine is, is repeated in the New Testament. So he, he's, he's setting out this thing. And Decalogue, I, I had to look this up. 
when I didn't know what Decalogue was, and Webster says it's the Ten Commandments. So when we start here, he says, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. That commandment is what, what took the Israelites down. Pure and simple. They kept going back to these foreign gods. And why did they go back to the foreign gods? Because these guys didn't do what God told them. He says, don't marry these local girls. You go back to daddy's house, you do what Abram did, you do what Isaac did, you get a good Israeli girl. But they married those local girls, and he says, they're going to turn your heart away from the Lord. And they did. Solomon. Nobody was richer than Solomon. Nobody had more money than Solomon. Nobody had more wisdom than Solomon. But he wasn't very smart because he married 700 of them. <laughs> and, and, and that ultimate end was they started worshiping and God says, you're not being what your father David was. And he says, I'm not going to do it in your lifetime because of David. But in your son's lifetime, I am. And Rehoboam, the kingdom was divided and it was no more a nation because of idolatry. And it was rampant. I got to quit. Okay. I don't know if Art or I are going to pick up next week, but I'll talk to him, and we'll pick up with the Ten Commandments next week, and we'll go from there. Any questions? Any comments? Okay. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being with us, and we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the Word of God, that it, we can hold it in our hands and study it and read it. And Father, just help us to one more time to be obedient to what you want us to do and and act like the the Christ-like children that we're supposed to be. Bless us as we go in this service and honor everything that's said and done. Uh, be with Mission Serve this week as they're in and around Lancaster. Uh, bless them in everything they do. Keep them safe from harm and danger. And Lord, we'll be carefully give you the praise for everything that's said and done. For it's in the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen.